I don't look at my my rivals very much on Instagram. Um, you know, it's funny actually. The other day I did a little bit. I was, um, I think it was maybe a week and a half ago. Once the semi-final rosters were finalized, so got an upcoming competition, and I went. I just wanted to see like what these guys have been up to, right? I'm going to be competing against them. I want to beat them. So I was poking around, and it like it got to me. Like it definitely there was a day and a half to two days where like my confidence dipped in myself. It was, it was, it was super noticeable. It was crazy actually. Yeah. For, and my confidence right before that was like really high. It had like five, six days of great training. Like strength stuff was great. Endurance stuff was great. Like all this stuff was clicking. And then I watched some of those videos. I was looking at some, like some of their scores on the game sites and like some of them went to Wadapalooza. So I was looking at their Wadapalooza scores and my confidence dipped in like a noticeable way for like a day and a half, two days. Um, and I found myself thinking about those athletes. I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. Like, you know, those guys are pretty good. Like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I can't win this one, but you know, like even top five, you know, and I'm kind of like, I'm like lowering my expectations and my belief in myself after looking at these other athletes, Instagrams. This is the Limitless Athlete Podcast. I'm Tom Foxley, founder of Mindset RX and your host. And I believe that comparison really is the thief of joy. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay, that's part of the deal. It's how I respond to it. Do you catch yourself Instagram stalking to check up on how other athletes are doing, scrolling through the leaderboard to check your placings when really you should be in bed, watching other athletes in workouts when you could be in your own lane? Comparison has never been easier. Instead of strawmanning this argument, let's take the side of comparison. Let's listen to the voice in your head that says, just check the leaderboard one more time. Let's see what so-and-so did in that workout and how their training is going. Let's give it its due credit. I mean, surely it provides some benefit, right? When watching others, you can identify things you can do better and even character skills to aim at. You may see the exact key that you need to unlock your next level. If only you compare hard enough. But listen carefully. Is that voice saying things like, oh man, I admire so-and-so's grit and determination and here's how I can work towards that. Or is it saying things like, shit, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm too slow. What's more, what does this do to your self-belief? Improve it or lessen it? It probably will give you this boost of motivation, but fear-driven motivation is quick to disappear and can cause long-term mindset challenges. When you are deciding whether your comparison is useful or not, consider these three questions. One, does it make me feel more or less like the person I want to be? Two, does this help me create a relationship with myself which helps me achieve my goals. And three, most importantly, what's the story I'm telling myself? In this episode with Brent Vakowski, we get into great length to discuss comparison and how to stop it. One thing we can all take from this interview is Brent's ability not to double down on his emotionally disruptive states by getting upset at himself. He's aware enough not to let his anxiety make him more anxious or his stress make him more stressed. This is one thing we can all be careful about, not becoming frustrated by our frustration or sad about our sadness. 
experiencing the emotion once is plenty. Alongside comparison, we also discuss dealing with doubt, self-generated confidence, overcoming self-criticism, how to handle online qualifiers, and incorporating fun into training. If you enjoy this episode with Brent Fakowski, aka The Professor, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss upcoming episodes. So, Brent, welcome to the show, dude. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm here here in my gym. I'm going to be maybe moving around a bit and stretching, but all eyes on on you. Good. The as and the, the as we like it. Yeah, I, this this show is all about me. So if we can make it all about me, that's perfect. <laughs> um, so let's start. Obviously, exciting times for you right now. I'll let you kind of deliver the news. Um, but yeah, let's let's start with what the news is, and then we can go into um, exploring that. Yeah. Um, so this, I, uh, my wife and I had our first child a couple of weeks ago here, um, at the filming of this episode. And, um, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, ain't nothing like the real thing. You know, you, you, we were pretty well prepared, uh, as far as like, you know, doing our research and talking to people that have had kids and pretty came into it with kind of eyes wide open that it can go a lot of different ways, but so far it's just been, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun and we're getting pretty good sleep, um, all things considered, actually. So that's that was the one big worry I think both of us had. And other than that, Claire's healthy, baby's healthy. I'm happy. We're good. Yeah, fantastic news. And like the, I think the thing that really interests me that lots of people will be able to relate to is the idea of like you're kind of adding responsibility into your life, and you're kind of um, yeah, you're, you're kind of you're adding another thing to think about from day to day. How does that? affects the way that you kind of view competing does it view does it affect that does it kind of change the way you prioritize things yeah it's a good question um you know i i have a coach in Kelowna here that i work with for some from run, some running and sprinting and i told him uh that claire and i were having a baby in you know a couple months so i told him a few months ago and he was so excited and not only just for us um as a couple but also he's like, Oh, I'm so excited for you as an athlete. He's like every athlete I've known. It's like, after they have kids, you know, they, they do, they, they're better. They compete better. He was telling me about Andre de Grasse, who's a, a sprinter in Canada, you know, he's won 200 meter at the Olympics and stuff. And he's like, you know, after he had a kid and two, two kids, he's like, his career has gotten so much better. He's like, it's just it's like, it adds a level of perspective. And he's like, you know, the guy, he's just listened to interviews with him and it's like, you know, he'll, have a training session and he might just have to end it early if he's like, you know what, I got to go, you know, like I got to go drop the kids off. And there's just a little more like carefree, I think. Um, as far as, I mean, it's pretty early for me to tell exactly how it's going to affect things. Definitely. You know, the last few years, Claire and I, especially over the last couple of years have become more and more and more of our daily life is sort of centered around me maximizing my ability to compete at a high level. So it's a very selfish um, little life we have here that's pretty pretty much centered around me and Claire's Claire's amazing to uh, to be to be on board with that um, and you know obviously we still th- do things for her but like just the day to day routine is very much pretty much set up for me to maximize my training and competing and so you know that's definitely changed where it's like well we wouldn't be getting up this early or you know at the middle of the night if it wasn't for the baby being here um, and so yeah it's just it's different and it's too early to really like. Um, as far as like mentally, it hasn't really changed too much. You know, I'm still in the gym more or less the same amount of time. And once I'm in here, um, 
you know, I'm not really thinking about anything else uh, other than training. Um, but, you know, there's definitely this urge to get back inside and uh, get back inside and help Claire out and see the baby. So it must be a crazy shift in perspective to think, oh, there's someone else that is relying on me now. And like my career is um, something else. It's, it's not something else. It's, it's basically like there's there's fewer sections in your life that you can do like you can dedicate to training or like mental energy um just because you have to have you have you seen that like affect anything or has it made any shifts in terms of perspective you know i'll admit like not too much yet i'm sure that it will um you know there there also there have been a couple days where i've been really tired and uh you know i'm like well you know i still have to go and do this Right. Like I still have to go out there and train. And once I get started and once I warm up, you know, you'll get that little hit of energy. You'll get the, get the adrenaline going or whatever the hormone is. And, um, you know, you'll start to enjoy training and, and part of, part of the little voice in my head, I always find something to get out there and do that. Cause it's not the first time I've been tired and forced myself to train. Um, but I'm like, well, like this is, you know, this is still your job, right? Like this is still, you know, your job is to go out there and train. And if you train the likelihood of you, you know, crafting a better income increases and you need that income for this baby, <laughs> you know? So there's a little bit of that where it's, um, I always found a reason to train when I was tired, but that's kind of the, the voice that's definitely like pushed itself to the forefront. It's like, well, like, you know, yeah, you want to just relax or have a nap or hang out with the baby, but you know, this, this is just as important in a different way. This is your job. So, um, you know, there's been like a, a new, a new, form of motivation but i i'm not gonna like i can't really honestly give you a like i've never been so motivated kind of speech you know you hear some people say like you know once i had a kid like this really like brand it, I, I haven't i can't say it's been like that yet but i mean maybe i'll have some moments like that in the future you haven't pr'd every lift in the last couple of weeks no <laughs> no nothing like that or not like some massive change in emotion like now that i'm i'm fighting for her i you know da 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 um, no, it's not, nothing, nothing that extreme or, um, no Hollywood type moments yet. I suppose that speaks to the character trait that people, I suppose, most associate with you, which is quite, um, a composed analytical focused approach, um, to training like that obviously is super helpful in so many times. I was speaking to Justin Kotler on the podcast the other day and he was like, Oh, if you want a good example of this, just look at Brent Fikowski. Like he, he, he has that focus. He has that balance. I know that, um, you always have your ups and downs in scenarios and like emotionality has highs and lows as with any human. Um, but do you find that analytical approach and that ability to step back sometimes has drawbacks? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, uh, you know, I, I think, man, where do you even start with that? Um, you know, usually by the time I'm on camera or I'm doing an interview, like I'm able, I'm usually putting my best self forward, right? Like, you know, on this call, you're going to, you're going to hear the best version of me more or less. Um, you know, I'll try to be like honest and vulnerable, but, um, you know, there's still definitely, you know, I, I was going through a bit of a, a rough patch and just like mentally training, I'd say like around January, February. And so I did an open workout in Calgary and there was a female athlete there who was, you know, on the cusp of making semis again. And we were talking and, you know, she, I think she was just dealing with some self-doubt. Um, and I told her, I was like, oh, I, I deal with a lot of self-doubt. She's like, oh, I, like, I didn't think, 
you know, you seem like you're just always like, like perfect, like you're dialed in, like you've got it, you know, you're like surrender the outcome, release the outcome, like all that kind of stuff. Cause that's what I always say on the games interviews or, in the, you know, some documentary or interview like this. And so, you know, you see that enough and you're like, man, this guy, Brent, he's just like a, like a Zen robot or something. Right. Or he's just so like, he's got it all figured out. And I said to her, I'm like, you know, there's probably only about, you know, I, I said to her, it's a little bit of exaggeration, but I'm like 360 days of the year. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence or I don't have a lot of, like, I don't, I don't see myself as a games athlete. You know, it's just like, it's once I, it's like the day or two before competition, I start to be like, I'm going to win. And then at the competition, I believe I'm like, when I'm there, I'm like, oh, I'm going to win. I feel great. Even if, and cause usually like my training builds up to that and there's a taper and all this stuff. And I'm like, Oh, like I'm here. I've got what it takes, but you know, leading up to the open during the open, leading up to quarters, you know, even last week at times, it's like, man, like, I just don't feel, you know, I don't feel like I'm, I'm good enough or I'm making enough progress or people are catching me or, you know, part of that's the online nature of the sport, but, um, you know, there's a lot of like doubt and that sometimes it gets to an unhealthy level, but even when it's at a, like a manageable level, it's kind of, there is this constant like reminder to keep pushing. Um, and like, I'm here in a gym and I train by myself and people ask how I do that. And I think part of that is what I just described. It's like, I know every time I do a workout with burpees, it's like, I'm pushing myself. Like there's someone faster and fitter and shorter than me who's who's doing burpees right next to me and that's like kind of always there um yeah and so you know like i think to answer your question um that analytical side i'm like constantly thinking so i'm constantly like thinking about oh i need to get better at this i need to get better at this and what can i do tonight to make tomorrow's sessions better um and, you know, it can just, you know, and I keep adding things sometimes to my list of like, oh, I should really like research, you know, this type of, uh, you know, like drills for this or, you know, am I doing this technically right? Whereas I'm sure there's a lot of people that, you know, haven't really technically improved their, I don't know, burpees in years. And I just do burpees and I'm constantly looking for videos and watching my own video and thinking like, well, how can my burpees be like better? Um, so it can be, it can be pretty overwhelming. I think is probably the best way to put it. I think that's the downside of you know, being dialed in and being thorough and being analytical is like, it can just get to a point where it's, it's like taking away from just like, well, Brent, at the end of the day, you need to just like get sweaty repeatedly and you're probably going to do fine. Like you, especially now that I've gotten to a point where like, there's that ability within me, that fitness within me, it's like, you just need to kind of get back to that mm -hmm. fitness you had a couple months ago or a year ago, you know, and improve on a few things and you're going to do just fine. Um, there, it's not like an unknown. It's like, you just need to tap into it again. Um, you don't have to like, ex, you know, do something with your body you've never done before. Like not multiple things. It's like, Hey, just be as fit as you were in 2021 and get better at like two or three things. And like, you're going to have a great year. Um, but I can be just like relentlessly trying to maximize every little detail and it can, uh, can probably have a detrimental effect at times. Yeah. And obviously that's got a huge advantage because it's like uh, you, you'll see things because you think about things that other people won't see and you'll like, you'll have ideas and you'll like that encourages you to put in like more work, but also more insight into what you could be doing. Um, obviously it can become overwhelming when you're like, okay, this needs to go right now. This needs to, I need to stop this. What's your process of turning that off or trying to turn it off or what's your relationship with it? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, especially over the last two months or so, it's been pretty good. I think just um, kind of leading up to and during and after the quarterfinals um, here in 2022. And I think the process is just sort of like um, trying to bring a bit of fun into training will help, you know, just like sometimes I'll have a workout and instead of like, it'll just be, you know, like 10 minute AMRAP of burpees, toast bar and power cleans, right? It's just like CrossFit. And, you know, usually I'll look at that and I'll have like, I'll have like a certain, I'll have goals. So I'll say, well, I want to keep my burpees at this pace and I want to do this type of clean, um, touch and go like a certain technical style muscle clean, let's say. Um, and I want my transitions to be fast or whatever. I'll have these goals. And sometimes, you know, with a workout like that, instead of making like four goals and like time related goal and a movement related goal and a technical related goal and a pacing, I'll make like one goal and I'll just say like, just have fun, you know, like just, just start not too fast. And at the end, just go as hard as you feel like is necessary today. Like if, if you're, if you're feeling it, then it's like, let's, let's burn the house down. Let's try and like really get into the pain cave right at the end. Or if you're just like, like not feeling it and if you're just kind of you know, just like, just have fun, just get through it, you know, like do the reps, do them well, you know, one there's like make a goal, like whether it's a technical goal or a time related goal, or, you know, usually if it's three movements, I'll do like, there'll be a technical kind of goal for each movement maybe. And then maybe one movement will have like a pacing goal. So it's like, I need to make sure my burpees are fast. And it's like the cleans can be slow. The burpees can, or the, the toes to bar can be slow. The transitions can be slow, but the burpees have to be at this specific pace. And then just like, just do it, you know, like just don't. And I think, I mean, that's what a lot of people just do is they just look at a workout like, all right, here we go. And they just, you know, crack the knuckles and they just go. And I, I sometimes just set all these goals, which I think has a big benefit. And I think a lot of people could, could learn from that and get a lot better if they treated things like that, but there's definitely a limit to it. And then another thing to like, just start like letting go and not allowing myself to get like, so wrapped up in all those things. Um, Sometimes it's just like my relationship to food, just being a little more relaxed with that. Um, and then also, you know, if it's, there's these breaks in the day where I'm not training, uh, depending on the day, they happen at different times, whether it's lunchtime or dinner or whatever in the morning. And sometimes during those times, I feel like, oh, like I have free time now I have to get more done. And so I'll like try and get stuff done on my to-do list. I'll try and do some stuff for the PFA. I'll like try and answer some emails. I'll get some, get done some stuff for my taxes. And just trying to be a little more kind to myself and be like, Hey Brent, like, just like try and do like get one thing done and then just do nothing like stare at the ceiling or like listen to some music or go have a nap if you're tired or you know, even if it's just like close your eyes for 10 seconds and on, on the couch. Um, and uh, I think we had, we had a, we babysat a dog a while ago and was just kind of like enjoying time with that dog and just kind of made me realize like you watch the dog and it just like, just does whatever it wants all the time. Mm. <laughs> you know and it's it, I, I mean people you know that like anyone listening to this like thanks brent like wow but not having a dog for a while and then you have it and you just you know it'll be like super energetic playful and then the next thing you know it's like having a nap in like the strangest position it like right in the sun at 1 p.m and then it's back up and it's doing stuff and it's curious and then it's just like oh, i'm tired again and it sleeps and i'm you know it's like if you can embrace that sort of like freeness about your day. Um, obviously, you know, you still need to have a, have a job and get stuff done. But, um, I think there's like an element to that where, you know, maybe it's a rest day or a weekend or, you know, in the evening, it's like, Hey, maybe just be a little, a little less regimented. 
Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, chances are you'll enjoy our free ebook, How to Stop Substandard Self-Critical Plateaus and Unleash Your Potential. It's a step-by-step guide to finding your mojo again and getting back to the athlete you know you can be. It's free, you just have to stick your email address in and download it. To find it, head to mindsetrx.com slash ebook. That's mindsetrxd.com slash ebook. Now, let's get on with the show. There's like this structure between uh, between like discipline, force, um, order, and chaos, relaxed, um, openness, freedom. That's a, such a difficult balance to strike, whether you're an athlete or whether you are an accountant or whether you're both. Um, do you have these kind of this, this relationship between the two that is, I think once you manage and once you're aware of like, okay, what do I need right now? that's when you find that that balance and that's when you find that ability to just, oh, okay, need a bit more freedom here to let the workout flow a bit more and not force these goals. And there's time where it's like, all right, no, time to pull yourself up by the socks and go, right, we're doing this right now. We're, we're moving forward to adding more structure. Um, that awareness yeah. is kind of what I found to be the key of it and what, what our athletes seem to, to work with as well. It's like, okay, I'm sensing this, I'm seeing this, now I've got more awareness. Um, what's your... Yeah, what what are the kind of the signs that you're cluing in or your your yeah, what are the signs that you need to pay attention to? Yeah, um, you know, there's definitely I get um I'm easily irritated. Um is is a big one. Definitely if I'm struggling to fall asleep or if I keep waking up in the middle of the night or early in the morning, um, and my mind's like I feel like I, my mind's racing. Um if I come into the gym and I find that I like, I have a really long warm up, and it's not because I'm sore, but it's just, it's like, I keep like, I tidy something up and I'm like, Oh, I have to write this down on my phone. I got to remember to do this later. And Oh, I have to do this. And I, you know, and it just feels like it, I just can't just come in, write down a warm up, get started and get into training. Mm-hmm. It feels like not only do I need to warm up my body, it's like I'm like doing stuff to, like calm down my mind first. So there's this like, like I've been in here for like 45 minutes and I haven't even started my first, you know, EMOM of wall balls and push press or something. You're like, what, what am I doing? Um, and there's obviously a luxury there with having a home gym and that being my job. But, uh, you know, I mean, that, I'm sure people experience that if they're, you know, wanting to get a, a chore done in the house, right. Or something or just anything. And they're like, man, I've just been kind of like spinning and I haven't been getting anything done because I'm just, it's like, not only do I need to like actually do some prep to get stuck into this task, but my mind is just so active. I can't just, just get into the task. So I'm like, I'm like trying to offload all this other noise first before I can start with the thing, the thing that's actually important that moves, you know, that moves me forward, moves, moves me closer to my goals. That's a big one. Um, and then like you mentioned, you know, you're talking about awareness and that's another thing. Um, I think just being, I think I said being kinder to myself before, but like when I am, you know, I think there was a time where I felt like if I was stressed or if I was, um, you know, a bit like worked up, um, I felt like I was failing, felt like I was losing and I needed to like get rid of it quickly and, uh, you know, like fix that and get back into a good state. And, obviously if you like try and force that, it doesn't kind of happen. And so 
you know, it's kind of almost like this mantra of like, um, quit trying to improve yourself. You're fine. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> you know, uh, it something like that in the last few months that it's like, Grant, you don't need to fix anything. Like you don't need to like find some secret, like meditation practice or some, it's like, you're fine. Like, you know, you, you're capable of just being, you're just capable of being, you know, you don't have to, you know, you're, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to like make some drastic shift and start doing some, you know, meditation practice twice a day. And it's like, just like do your thing, like go enjoy training, come in, watch some TV, do your work on, you know, your computer, like just, just like do the things and don't overthink everything. And that made a big difference in my, um, you know, my happiness and my ability to sleep and, you know, training got better. And I was definitely like less sore as soon as I started doing that too. Right. There's like the physio physiological component of just being wound up all the time that, you know, allows you to, you know, maybe you're not recovering as well. And so that was kind of another, um, you know, thing that I realized is I'm like, Hey, you just need to like, like stop trying to fix it. Just start, just do the things, do the things that need to get done today. And don't, don't like overthink about, you know, your, like the, how it's getting done, I guess. And like your mindset and like, don't like hyper analyze every little thing and just like, just go train and, you know, do your taxes and just like have fun. And, and then sure enough, it's like, Oh, now I actually feel pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, when we've got this feeling that, oh, I'm experiencing this and this is a bad thing and it shouldn't be here, mm. you you start to suffer with it twice. I know like when I've in the past struggled with things like anxiety, it's been like, oh, I'm so, my, my mind is racing. I shouldn't be racing because I should have been outside more today. I should have done these five things that have like, this is like, this is the thing that's killing me. And then I'm not only suffering once that I'm kind of, feeling anxious i'm suffering twice because i'm feeling anxious about feeling anxious or feeling stressed yeah. out about feeling anxious and like that relationship with it and just is interesting where you can kind of go actually i am feeling anxious or i am feeling low or whatever but that's okay i'm allowed to feel mm -hmm. this way it's not necessarily a bad thing it's a it's a tough one to develop though yeah yeah i think what you said is is perfect it's like as soon as i I get into a place where I'm feeling anxious and feeling worked up, I start to think about the things I didn't do in the last week that, that, or the things I did or didn't do in the last week that got me in this place. Mm, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I should have, you know, I should have got some fresh air. I, I shouldn't have stayed up late trying to finish that thing last night. I should have trained earlier this morning. So I have more time this afternoon so that I didn't have. And you just start like thinking about all, and instead of just, you know, being like, well, I'm anxious. Well, mm -hmm. let's go train, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, and, yeah. and I think there's this like element of like, well, whatever that I kind of tried to adopt um, and not, not that I'm like ignoring it or pushing it away or just like, you know, stuffing it down with, you know, TV or something like that. Um, but uh, you know, just like a little, little, like still being aware of it and then just being like, Oh, well, this will probably pass because it's been here before and it'll pass. And, you know, still, still like, instead of fussing about not going outside or not doing these meditation things, it's like, well, maybe just do one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, like maybe just, you know, go outside, maybe just, you know, go for a walk without your headphones in and without your cell phone, mm -hmm. just around the block and only take five minutes. So, um, yeah, kind yeah. of stuff like that. Um, it's almost like when you accept the negative emotion, it's half life diminishes greatly. It's like, okay, like 
if you if you force it away, it's like it restarts its its peak over and over and over again. But the quicker you accept it, the quicker its half life diminishes, and then it becomes much smaller, much quicker. It's like once you really mm-hmm. notice um, fear or anxiety or happiness or stress or whatever it is, you it almost just goes instantly. It's a really strange meditation process. One of those things that like actually it one of the most difficult things to do when you're in that state must be going into a float tank, which I know you've done on a like a frequent yeah. basis. Have you been in the float tank when you're in that state of like, shit, I'm not doing enough. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Um, and like anything, you know, we often catch a problem when it's too late or when it's at its peak. And so it's like, Oh, I need to book a float or Claire will tell me like, Brent, you should book a float this week because I'm like, you know, wigging out, stressed out. So you, you go in the float tank and you know, you feel like you're spinning and it takes, but what's nice about the float tank is it's, um, you know, you're, Hold on here. What's this? What is this? Oh, never mind. Um, you are forced to you're forced to just sit with it, right? Because you're just you're in the dark and you can't feel anything, you can't see anything, you can't smell anything. There's just like basically no sensation at all. So you're just there with your head. And so if I'm pretty chill, like if I like if I went to a float tank today, I'd probably get in there. And my mind would just kind of like loosely wander for a bit. I'd probably fall asleep. And then I'd wake up and then I would, you know, just get to choose what I think about. Whereas if I was in a float tank when I'm really anxious, you know, for the first 15 minutes, my mind is just like, just nonstop, just like yelling at me. Like there's, you know, 10 TV screens and they're all like telling me something different. And then slowly some of those TV screens are turned off, you know, cause it's like, well, I can't just do this for an hour straight, <laughs> you know? So eventually they, they start to just wear, they, they just essentially wear out. Um, it's not even like a conscious thing. It's like, you know, those, those things kind of wear out. And then I, when it goes well, eventually they kind of wear out and then you sort of get to the, to the core of the maybe one or two things that are like actually kind of causing the anxiety. And so for me, that's often, a um, it's usually, you know, if I'm dealing with like a little bit of an injury or like a niggle or something with training that causes a lot of stress for me, cause it feels, you know, that's obviously st- not having those is important for my career and my happiness. So, uh, maybe not happiness, but definitely my career. Um, and so like that can cause a lot of like stress that I have a tough time getting rid of. And then the other one is if I'm, if there's like a, a, a looming thing over hanging over me, whether it's something with one of my businesses that I'm like, that I haven't finished yet or something with the PFA that I really want to finish or a sponsorship obligation that I like, need to need to wrap my head around and like give an answer to them as to like, yeah, let's do it this way. Um, and so it's usually those two things are the things that like I find when I strip it all away, I'm like, okay, well let's just, you know, with the injury it's or like niggle or whatever it is. It's like, well, let's just deal with it. Like, let's, you know, it's like, it's going to take what it's going to take. Like just put in the work every day with the stretching, you know, move, move your training around so it doesn't get any worse. And, like just deal with it, man. Like, you know, try, and usually with that, I think back to the past. I'm like, well, like, remember when you had that, I remember when you had that and eventually you got over it and it was fine. And then you went to that competition and you did great. Like, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, so it'll be fine again. And then the other thing, it's like, all right, like when you get out of here, like, let's do that one thing. And you, you know, it's like a, it's like that project at school where you'd put off starting it forever. Right. You do all this other stuff, except you wouldn't start the damn pro- project. Mm-hmm. And then you finally started and you're like, oh, this wasn't so bad. Like, why didn't I start this two weeks ago? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, Parkinson's yeah, law. A, a task expands to the amount of time allotted um it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the thing and that's the classic thing with um with homework um there's like this four space that you're creating it's like okay going into this float tank it's going to give me that space even though it feels like i'm doing a task which is it's kind of like tricking yourself into into that like almost talking about that yin and yang force and recovery aspect again it's like that gives you that that space, that freedom for your your thoughts to unravel and spin and open out. It's like, oh, okay, that's what that is. And it was so messed up and linked in with this thing mm. and so kind of confused and like that other thing was coming in at it as well. There's now like, okay, they start to separate and I can see that as they are. And it's like, I suppose that's what meditation is. It's what all these things hopefully are, that perspective on your own thoughts. Have you yep. played around with breath work? Um, yes and no. I mean, basically no. <laughs> I've done a bit, I've done a bit of it. I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I've done a little bit. Like I've done some of the, you know, lying on the floor, like the box breathing stuff and I'll, I'll go in a, you know, the cold plunge or the sauna and I'll just like try and do some nasal breathing, just breathing slow. Or, um, there was some other one with a funny name where you breathe in through one nostril, hold it, breathe out the other. And you're like holding with your middle finger and your nose or your thumb. Um, and you're sitting like upright in the, cross-legged i don't know it's not really i mean i don't i don't like saying the word that's not really for me bro uh but it's not really for me bro (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just it just never really (laughs) i I don't know man maybe one day it'll like it'll i'll have a great experience with it i'll be like oh that's that's it you know um i guess i'm like maybe people talk about it and i'm expecting it to be this like aha moment and it's just like oh i'm just sitting here breathing and i was going to be breathing anyway <laughs> okay right <laughs> um but i don't know i mean I'm, I'm sure that if you're listening to this and you've never tried breath work give it a shot and if you're listening to this and you love breath work and you're mad at me then don't stop if it works for you but i don't know it's just it's it's never it's something i keep you know every like six months or something i'll you know oh, yeah i should do that and i'll like try it and it just never really sticks it's just never really stuck. I've given it, I've given it a shot a few times and, you know, you know, found like a playlist or something or downloaded a free app or something like that. And it just never is really stuck with me. I don't know. Yeah. One it's day. like, there's, um, there's not very many, there are a lot of good protocols, but they're so hidden in not good protocols. Um, and it's like, there's so much, there's a lot of crap along with the good stuff. And it's like really hard work to seek out the good stuff in it from, from my experience anyway. Um, you spoke about before, like the, the element of when you're feeling like there's like, maybe there's a bit of self-doubt knocking around that you go back and say, Hey, I've, I've overcome this before by trying this and I've like done this. And like, how do you, I suppose that what that equates to is confidence. How do you, enforce confidence or bolster confidence or train confidence like how do you ensure it's there when you need it yeah i think probably the biggest thing is if if i am dealing with that i often think like if my best friend was dealing with this what would i tell them Mm. you know what advice would would i give would i give them and so you know i try and be my own best friend and you know i know myself better than anyone so you know if i'm dealing with a confidence thing um, you know, lower confidence, be like, well, you know, like kind of have that conversation in my head, like, well, why, 
well, you know, I'm, I've, I've been seeing, you know, these guys have did so well at this competition and my training hasn't been going very well because of this, this, and this. And, um, you know, like maybe I've got this little like tweak, you know, in this part of my body. And then like, I've been working on these things, but I don't feel like they're getting better and haven't been working on these things. And so I know they're not getting better and da, 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 da. Um, okay. Like, yeah, you're thinking of all those things like, well, you know, and I'm fortunate that I can draw on experiences where I go, well, do you remember, you know, 2019 or 2017 or 2018 where you had these similar feelings? Yeah. And then, well, how did those seasons go? You're like, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> you know, like, you know, and, and if nothing else, like, you know, was dealing with worse feelings and maybe feelings that were more founded in reality in some of those seasons where it's like, yeah, like you're dealing with this little like shoulder tweak, but do you remember when you had that really bad shoulder problem? Oh yeah. And like, you know, then what happened three months later? Oh yeah. I like one regional. It's like, yeah, yeah, sweet. So, you know, if you're dealing with like a little shoulder problem now, it's like probably not going to take three months. It's probably going to take, you know, three days or three weeks and then you'll be fine again. And you know, you know, all that, all those years of work haven't just disappeared. Um, so like, yeah, like giving myself good advice, um, you know, using, using experience, I'm very lucky, not lucky is not the right word, but, um, there are a lot of people that don't have that same experience, um, that I do with like competing as much as I have both in CrossFit, but even before that I've competed a lot in, uh, in volleyball and swimming. Um, and so for people that don't have that experience, you know, still try to give yourself that good advice. And it's sort of this idea of like, you know, like, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, like you can sit here and you can fret about the future and how it could go wrong, or you could do something that's likely to positively impact the future. And I had a conversation once with an athlete that didn't, him and his team missed out on the CrossFit games by like a couple points and it was devastating. And so he messaged me, he's like, man, what do I do? You know, like, I know that you missed out of the games, you know, twice you were very close. And then you came back and you made the games the next year. Like, how did you deal with that? And I said, well, I came to the realization that, you know, if I wanted to do this again, it all had to be worth it. Knowing that I might not make it again. So I had to have that like kind of extreme ownership and I, I couldn't try and convince myself or trick myself into believing, oh, if I... If I do it again this year and I just work harder, then I'm I'm going to make the games because there's no guarantee in any sport in anything in life, but definitely not CrossFit because the workouts change, right? Um, the workouts change and the athletes from year to year change a lot in their skills and just who they are and which event you go to to qualify for the next stage. It just changes so much, it changes so much more than most sports too. So I'm like, if you can surrender that and just say like it's still worth it to me. Like it's still worth my time. I'm still willing to come to the gym every day. I'm still willing to go to bed early, still willing to eat well, still willing to say no when someone wants to, you know, go out late or, you know, take a four day camping trip because I need to train that weekend. And, you know, that weekend matters in my training cycle. Um, and if you're willing to do that and it doesn't feel like a sacrifice, it feels like something you truly want to do and it's worth it, but it has to be worth it. Even if you don't make it again. Um, because you might not make it again. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh dude, you know, like if you just freaking get in there and you train as hard as you can, you'll make it for sure. Because I did. It's like, no, I'm not going to tell you that because there's no guarantee, right? Like there's no guarantee that I'm, you know, I, I didn't 
I didn't, I wasn't confident I was going to make semis this year. You know, I really like, there was, there was a lot of a long period of time there where I was not super confident that I was going to make semis. I kept kind of daydreaming day nightmaring about worst case scenarios where I, you know, quarterfinals wouldn't go well and I didn't make semis. And, but I just put, I just did as many little things as I could to, you know, safeguard against that. And I was still, I was going to be okay with my season if that happened. And it's the same with semis, right? I mean, I've, I've training's actually been going really, really well lately. So I'm pretty confident that semis is going to be fine, but I do know that there's a, there's a definite possibility more than 1% that I won't make the games this year. Mm. Right. Like it's, it's, it's there. Um, because you know, I know there's a handful of guys at my semis that they're not planning to miss it. Right. That's sport. And so, you know, I'm, I'm willing to, to do those little things and for it, you know, for them not to be enough. Um, and I think that kind of puts you in a place where you can, you can be free to, you know, like accept failure and, um, on, on the scoreboard and it doesn't feel like a failure because it's like, Hey, I did everything I could. And I'm not ashamed of that. Um, yeah. So when I have those doubts, it's just like, it's just accepting them. It's like, Hey, like, good. Like you have doubts, like good. It's cause you care, you know, it's cause you're thinking about, you know, you're thinking about the reality that, you know, there are winners and losers in sports. And this doubt is coming from the fact that you don't want to be one of the people that's, that used, you know, that competition as, as one of the losers, but you might be. And so like, let's just, let's get back to work. Like let's put in the work and enjoy the work and be proud of that. And then, uh, not feel like you have to explain yourself to to anyone, you know, you don't have to explain yourself on social media or explain yourself to someone, you know, because the people that care, like my coaches and my, my family and my wife, like they know what I'm doing. They know the work I'm putting in. Um, and like, you know, if I don't make it, they're not going to think any less of me. And so it's like, I don't, I think a lot of that self-doubt comes from like a, a place of like feeling like it's part of like an image or, you know, it's like, it was a waste of time. And there's this fear that all this was for a waste of time. If it didn't, if I don't make the games or I don't make semis or, you know, the open doesn't go well or whatever that is for each individual person. And, you know, that's not who you are, right. It's, you just have to surrender a lot of that. And you, know, when you have that self-doubt, it's like, well, you know, like it's cause I care and all I can do is just keep caring and keep trying and, you know, see what happens. So how do you, yeah, how, yeah, I had about five points I wanted to dive into there. How do you, so what we're essentially saying is like the process has to be so meaningful in itself that the outcome is almost meaningless or is a nice side effect. Um, that there has to be like, yeah. yeah, there has to be such value within the process. What makes a meaningful process for you? You know, like I like, I think I, I, people have asked me this before and it's kind of like, you know, I've, I've enjoyed every job I've had in a certain way. And I've had some not so great jobs. Like I've worked retail. I worked at a rental car agency, um, you know, not super enjoyable jobs, the kind of jobs that no one works there anymore. Right. <laughs> um, all the people I worked with at those jobs, like no longer work there. If that says anything. Um, and, but I always enjoy them. Like I, I enjoy working hard towards a goal, um, you know, repeatedly right whether it's um improving processes or whatever that is and so like i like you know i like crafting a plan and executing on a plan and so that's what i feel like training is you know it's this um you know there's these three week training blocks and it's like it's an accomplishment to get through that and it's an accomplishment to 
you know, to see my ring muscle up technique improve over the last year and a half that I've been working on it. Um, it's an accomplishment to, you know, just like kind of like, you know, your my body's like a puzzle, right? And so there's these like, you know, you learn like, oh, I'm always having this like issue with my shoulder or my hips or my knees or something. And then you learn, oh man, if I like release this muscle, like that's, that's going to help that pain. And I write that down somewhere. So the next time I can find it. Um, and so for me, the process of doing that and, you know, just like, just kind of learning and, um, you know, just like constantly trying to make things better and accumulating like kind of knowledge. And it's kind of hard because like, I realized a lot of the knowledge and the experiences in this training, it's not going to be super transferable when I'm done. Um, you know, even if I'm a coach, I'm not sure if a lot of the things I've learned, they're all pretty unique to me, right? They're all very specific little hacks and little solutions to little problems that only I'm going to have. Um, but you know, it's, it's still, it's still like problem solving, right? Like every day I'm like, you know, I'm working on a puzzle. I'm working on this big puzzle and there's little puzzles within that puzzle. And there's even little smaller puzzles within that puzzle. And for me, I think that's what makes the journey, um, like enjoyable. Uh, and you know, like some days, you know, like I'll have a morning session, you know, eat some food, whatever. And I'm just tired. You know, I'm really tired. I'm really sore. And I look at my afternoon training session. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like that doesn't like I, and then I do it. And there's a sense of accomplishment, right? I'm like, Hey, I went out there and that actually went pretty well. That was a solid, like eight out of 10 training session. And, uh, you know, I got, I got a little better and I, 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 I did it. I did the difficult, you know, like I did the thing that was hard. That's going to help me, you know, reach this potential goal. And like, that felt good. Um, and you know, the, the cheap thrills are, you know, anyone can have those. Anyone can go to a bar and buy a drink and, you know, yell at a TV screen or something like everyone can do that. There's no, like the only cost of entry is, you know, the cost to buy the drink. Right. Whereas, you know, the kind of stuff you get to do, you know, pursuing this goal is, you know, you, you can't, you can't pay to go to the CrossFit games, right? Like there's no, you know, those sorts of, those sorts of things. And even, you know, even like snatching something heavy or improving your ring muscle up, like people can't take that away from you. Right. It's not, it's not something that can be recreated by anyone else. So they're kind of unique experiences and their experiences. A lot of them are for me, right? Like there's countless experiences I've had with, you know, FaceTiming a coach when I'm working on my back squat or just, you know, me filming something and having a big smile on my face when I figure something out in the gym here. Like, and those are, those are for me, you know, it's like, there's like a, a high amount of satisfaction and pride that goes into just so many, so many little things I've done over the last few weeks and last few years that, you know, I get to experience and they're not, uh, not cheap thrills. They're things I had to work for. It's quite a courageous thing to say. And I really do mean that in, in saying that like, this is something that I'm doing for me and for my value hierarchy. And I'm going to dis not dismiss, but like, but not pay attention to, or not let alter my own behaviors, someone else's expectations of me. And when you become like you are more and more in the kind of the public eye, there's i think an expectation to act in a certain way or in to act in accordance with other people's expectations of you have you found that mm. in like when you when you've been training when you've been competing you found other people's expectations of you letting influence your actions yeah i'm definitely not immune from it like again you know on a call like this you're going to see the best version of me 
to say all the right things. And I do believe all these things, all these things are true, but there are definitely moments when, you know, I let the opinions of others impact me for sure. Um, I've, I've gotten a lot better over the last few years at it. Um, you know, honestly, a, a big moment for me was even, uh, like during the, uh, like the first bit of COVID and the black lives matter movement, bit of like, a, you know, it's like, Oh man, like, what are my values? You know, like, you know, you're able to just kind of go through, there was like, you know, everyone had to felt like this like huge cultural, um, pressure to like post on social media and support of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, which, um, you know, I don't regret anything I said then. And I still stand by things that I said then. And would I do things a little bit differently now? Like maybe, um, and not because my values have changed and not because my values were wrong then, but I think some of the things I might've done publicly, um, I did out of, you know, for other people's opinions and maybe not for, for me, you know? I, and when you talk about doing it for me, there's this, um, this video that I love and uh, it's a uh, Snoop Dogg. He gets like a, a star on the Hollywood walk of fame, or maybe he gets like an honorary degree. And, um, and he said, uh, you know, they're like, he's like, Hey, you know, it's Snoop Dogg. And he's like, I want to, uh, you know, um, I want to thank my, you know, my family. I want to thank my, my manager. I want to thank, uh, you know, these, this rapper who kind of got me here and this agent who believed in me. And, but most importantly, I want to thank me. For never giving, you know, for never taking a day off, for never, for never quitting, for never listening to the haters, and, and he's just, and everyone's like screaming and yelling and clapping, and like I think about that sometimes, and you know, like I don't know, like it's it, the, you know, the CrossFit, like competing as a professional athlete is a very, it's it, it's a selfish pursuit, and I think you kind of have to like be okay with that, and you know, it doesn't mean I, I'm not still doing good, and I'm not still like. And trying to influence people and like, you know, help other athletes when I can. And like, I mean, even I guess with the PFA, like I'm doing that and that's a lot of work. That's pretty thankless most of the time. Um, uh, but yeah, as far as like listening to other people, you know, you just, you just really kind of learn, like even through the open this year, like I didn't look at the, the leaderboard for the whole open. It was awesome. Didn't look at it once. And then I finished quarters and I went and I looked at it and I went, Oh, smokes. <laughs> I came a thousandth in the world. Like that's not, you know, that's, I mean, you know, not, not, a, not an insult to anyone who came lower than me or anything, but like a thousandth place for someone who just came third in the world is, is not very good. <laughs> like, it's a pretty big drop off. Um, and I, you know, I, I did, I gave my best effort on those workouts. Like I wasn't sandbagging it. I went as hard as I could on those days, like training leading up to them was, you know, maybe not ideal to, to maximize those scores, but you know, um, I'm sure I was on some podcast, people talking about my scores or something. And I just chose not to listen to it. And if, and if I had heard it, you know, it probably would have upset me a bit. Um, but yeah, man, I think you just like, I think someone asked me the other day, uh, like, Oh, what advice would you give your, your younger self or something? And I think I said something like, um, you know, just don't be afraid to be you, you know, there's like, there's, there's, and I look, I think back to when I was a teenager, um, and not like not, and I wouldn't really give myself advice because everything's fine. Like I turned out well and whatever, and it's not like I did anything too embarrassing as a teen. Uh, but <laughs> but um, you That's know, next you look episode back, we'll discuss that. Yo, man, yeah. I mean, like you know, definitely not as bad as some, but there's still things you shake your head at for sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I just I'd go back and I'd just be like, just be you, Brent. Like the the person that you want to be and the things you like to do, like that's okay. 
you know, and like you're, you can just be that you can wear what you want to wear. You can, you know, like if, if you feel like doing that thing and not doing that thing, just say no to that. And yes to that. And what's kind of funny is, you know, when we, if you look at like professional athletes and like, like I follow a bit of the NBA, I mean, the athletes that you respect the most are the ones that don't seem to care. Like as a whole, like there's times there's, there's, there's moments where, you know, the lows and the highs might be a little higher and lower for those athletes. Cause you're like, Oh, you know, they're not playing the game. They're not like schmoozing or whatever it is, but over a longer period of time, you can kind of see through that, like, um, authenticity with an athlete or a person in the public eye that they're like, man, they're just genuinely like they are who they are. Mm. And there's just this lack of like pandering. Um, and they don't seem to let all the little things get to them from the, the media or the fans or whatever that is, or expectations. Um, and the, the expectation thing with someone like me is it's not like a lot of those expectations are even like even verbalized or written down. They're all, they're all perceived in my own head. I think that's something that kind of helped me is I'm like, no, like, you know, like today is, you know, whatever, May, whatever, June, whatever, like no one's thinking about me right now. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's not like this, this army of CrossFit fans out there right now thinking like, Oh, what's Brent going to do with the games? Or, Oh, I wonder if Brent's training hard right now. Or, I mean, unless they're on Instagram at this exact moment, they happen to see my thing like, Oh, Brent, cool. Check. And then they move on. Hmm. It's not people like humming and hawing over my existence, but sometimes you like, I feel that way. And you're like, don't be so self-absorbed to think that people really give a shit. Like, you know, like if you win the games or you don't win the games, like it'll, it'll be this blip on someone's day or radar, even for the most diehard CrossFit fan, they'll be like, Oh wow. Brent won the games. You know, that guy seems like a nice guy or, Oh, I don't really like that guy. I wish this guy would have won. And then they'll just move on. Mm. You know? And I think sometimes there's this, there's this perception that there's like, there's, I I've had this perception that there's all this, like, Oh man, I'm dealing with so much expectation. You know, there's so much, there's so much weighing on this. I'm like, there really isn't, you know, like there really isn't. And, you know, like, I mean, yeah, you know, if I had a terrible year, two years in a row, it's like, would I maybe lose some sponsors? Would I make less money? Yes. Would I still be able to pay my house payments? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and if like, if everything went to absolute trash and I just started losing every single competition I went to, and then I quit the sport in two years. And I was just like, well, I guess I'm done. You know, like no one would really care. It's not like there'd be people laughing outside my house or laughing on social media. You know, they, they would just move on and they'd just start cheering for someone else. Like it's not, there's not really as much. I think, I think most of the expectations are perceived inside our own heads. I think that's, that was a huge thing for me in the last like two years is all of this, like all of this, like social pressure and all of this, these expectations and you know, all that stuff, a lot of it's perceived because if, if it is in fact real, it's much more fleeting than you give it credit. So if there's mm-hmm. some, you know, fan or, or a sports analyst or someone on Instagram that writes a comment, you know, they're writing that comment and then they've forgotten they've written it. Like if they write on my post, like, Oh, you know, Brent, I hope you have a great year this year. Like they're writing that and they're genuine about it. And then they don't, you know, if you ask them later that day, Hey, did you comment on Brent's post? It'd be like, I don't know. Did I? They wouldn't even remember. And it'd be the same if it was a negative comment. If they're on CrossFit Games, there's a photo of me celebrating. And, you know, CrossFit's like, oh, you know, Brent Fikowski winning event two. Um, what do you think his chances are this year? Someone's going to comment, like, not very good. I think his, his you know, I, I never thought he was that good. I think he just got lucky. 
Like someone's going to write something like that. Mm -hmm. And if I read it, it'll probably upset me. But the reality is that person just wrote that, just kind of like vomited on their screen, typed that in, and then went to some other post and wrote something else mean. And went to some other post and wrote something funny just to try to get clicks and try to get likes and try to get a reaction. Or maybe they really, even if they, um, even if they truly believe that, and maybe they passionately believe that they had some reason to really hate me. Oh, he didn't sign an autograph for me that one year and I've got it out for him. It's fleeting, right? It's not like they're walking around all day. I'm the one who has to live with me, right? Like I'm the one who has to wake up and look at me in the mirror. I'm the one that has to brush my teeth, right? Like I'm the one that's in this gym every day. Like, you know, it's like, I'm the one who's with me. And so like, I know what's going on and I'm the one who actually cares. I think that's probably the most important thing is, you know, all those other like expectations they're perceived. Um, but like, I'm the one who truly cares like, like 10 times more than my parents and my parents care a lot, 10 times more than my coaches and my coaches care a lot, you know, five times more than my wife and my wife cares a lot about how I do, but she cares not because she's married to a CrossFit Games athlete. She cares because she loves me. You know, she cares because she wants me to be happy. And she knows that if the competition goes well or well enough that I won't be unhappy and that brings her happiness. It's not like, like a, you know, there's, there's nothing else there. There's not like a ulterior motive, like, Oh, you know, maybe my, my Instagram post will get more likes if Brent wins. <laughs> you know, she doesn't care about that. She's like, I want, I want my husband to be happy and I want him or I almost more so like, I don't want him to be sad. I want it to go well enough that he's not sad mm -hmm. because it hurts me when he's sad. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of the same yeah. as how my parents feel. Like, I just hope he has fun, is yeah. what my mum would say. <laughs> yeah, Claire and your parents are not devaluing you in their opinion. Um, if you don't, <laughs> if you go third instead of fourth or fourth instead of third or whatever, like this, it's not changing. Or yeah. yeah or, if, or if i don't go unbroken on my last set of chest what a loser <laughs> what, a, what, a, yeah. what a pussy you know he, yeah, he let actually, it slip through his fingers he he let yeah. the pressure get to him in the last moment like <laughs> you know he, he he had it in his fingers and he just let it slip the pressure was too much for him it's like, they don't think that kind of stuff um because they, that's you know, not what claire told me actually she messaged me prior and said that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah ex exactly <laughs> yeah um, you were one of the first people i know to take their use of Instagram very seriously and just like go, right, these are limits. These are not getting broken. And like, this is, this is possible. Like firstly, what sparked that? And secondly, how do you adhere to it? Because there's always that temptation to go, oh, I'm going to Instagram stalk rivals and see what they're doing and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I guess, you know, those rules are, are like, I don't, um, I don't look at my, my rivals very much on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's funny, actually, the other day I did a little bit, I was, um, I think it was maybe a week and a half ago, once the semi-final rosters were finalized. So got an upcoming competition. And I went, I just wanted to see like what these guys have been up to, right? I'm gonna be competing against them. I want to beat them. So I was poking around and it like it got to me. Like it definitely there was a day and a half to two days where like my confidence dipped in myself. It was it was it was super noticeable. It was crazy, actually. Now I'm glad we brought this up. Um, so you know, like I, you know, I rarely look at any male individual athletes instagram um like basically since january basically none um if i'm on instagram i'm looking at uh you know doing stuff for my business i'm posting my own stuff comment on my posts and reply to people's comments and uh yeah i might look up like some photos of like lego or something or nba um <laughs> and so just you know prepping for semis i'm like oh i should kind of know what these guys are up to and do a bit of research and yeah for and my confidence right before that was like really high it had like 
five, six days of great training, like strength stuff was great. Endurance stuff was great. Like, all this stuff was clicking. And then I watched some of those videos. I was looking at some, like some of their scores on the game sites and like some of them went to Wadapalooza. So I was looking at their Wadapalooza scores and my confidence dipped in like a noticeable way for like a day and a half, two days. Um, and I found myself thinking about those athletes. I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. Like, you know, those guys are pretty good. Like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I can't win this one, but you know, like even top five, you know, and I'm kind of like, I'm like lowering my expectations and my belief in myself after looking at these other athletes, Instagrams, uh, and their scores, you know, Oh man, he beat me in like, so like, like three of the five workouts or four of the five workouts in quarters. Like, man, that was a result. Oh, geez. I didn't think he'd be good at that workout. That's a really, I thought that was a bad workout for him. And he crushed it at the quarter in the open or something. He must be getting better. <laughs> it was really funny actually and then i like caught myself it took me a day and a half i caught myself i'm like brent like what are you doing like this is exactly why you don't look at other people's instagrams and again like i talked about earlier in the podcast i'm like you need to give yourself good advice like what would you tell yourself you know if you were your friend and you heard yourself thinking these things or whatever what would you say and you'd be like you beat these guys before brent you know you beat these guys before and yeah, there's probably, you know, 40 reasons why they're going to beat you and maybe like 60 reasons why you're going to beat them. And like, what are the reasons you're going to look at? Like, it's up to you, you know, like you can, you can choose to focus on the, and obviously depending on the athlete, like, you know, for someone like, let's be honest, for someone like a Pat or Justin Medeiros, there's probably more, you know, reasons or little like, you know, check marks in the column of like, here are all the reasons why like Justin Medeiros is going to beat you this year, Brent. And here are the reasons you're going to beat him. And there's probably more in the column of he's going to beat me. Like, you know, a, a statistician or an analyst might say that, right? Um, and that's just the reality of it because he's had a great couple of years. And so those are the, the facts you're going to point at. But, you know, it's like, I think there's a bodybuilder once that said, I never had to know my competition to know that I had something they didn't. Hmm. Right. Um, I think it was Jay Cutler. Um, I never had to know, I never had to meet my competition or see my competition to know that I had something they didn't have. And, you know, I think about that and I just think, Hey, like there's all these reasons that they could beat me and they might, but, uh, you know, there's also a lot of reasons why I can probably beat them. And like, you know, which, which you get to choose which ones you're going to focus on. Um, and so, yeah, as far as Instagram and then, you know, like anything, Instagram's a, you know, it's a tool, right? It's an app. And how you use that app is, is up to you, right? And, um, you know, if you can find what makes you happy on the app or what makes you unhappy on the app or what helps you reach your goals, probably even a better, um, you know, for this type of podcast, what helps you reach your goals or not reach your goals. And in the case of me, it's like, oh, like, you know, scrolling around and looking at my competitors uh, doesn't, doesn't do me any good. And like, you know, I don't know. I think some people might say, oh, you're just like that soft. You're creating a safe space, right? And I'm like, yeah, like maybe you're right. Like I'm like shielding myself from that, but I'm like, it's like the open leaderboard. It's like, I didn't look at it until the end of quarters. And like, there's no rule saying I have to look at it. Right. There's no, like, it's like, I mean, at the games, I don't look at the leaderboard until like the last event or two. So like, why would I do it any differently in the open? And like, I've done well at the games. So like, there's no rule saying you have to look at it. And I'm not superstitious. Like if I happen to look at it or I happen to see it at the games in the open, I wouldn't like freak out just like in, you know, if I'm on Instagram and I happen to stumble across, you know, 
Justin Medeiros or Chandler Smith or someone hitting a PR, I'm not going to freak out and everything's going to crumble. Mm. Like you need to have that resiliency, but it doesn't mean you need to seek out. And you hear a lot of professional athletes, like NBA players, like they'll watch the basketball game, like on TV and they'll turn off the audio. Mm. Right. So they'll watch, you know, uh, another game, like two other teams, just because they enjoy the game or they're watching the film to learn about their competitors. And some of them just enjoy watching the game. They just love the game. But they're like, yeah, I can't listen to the announcers because it's just it's just toxic because, you know, before they know it, they're going to slip in a word about, you know, whatever Kevin Durant's watching and he's watching a different game. All of a sudden, the announcers are going to start talking about him. He's like, I don't need to hear this. Like, this isn't helping me. You know, my job is to put the ball in the hoop. And how does that help me if I'm listening to other people talking about how I'm not succeeding at that? Like, that's not. And so it's the same. It's like, you know, you have you you get to control that. It's a tool. Don't feel like there's some obligation that you need to follow or you need to keep up with or you need to post this or not post that or read your comments or not. I mean, there's a lot of CrossFit athletes. I'm quite sure of it that don't read the comments on their own posts, right? Because, I mean, hell, if I was a female, I wouldn't. Like the kind of comments that the female CrossFit athletes have on their posts, it's brutal. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in there. I wouldn't go in my own DMs. If I was a female CrossFit athlete, I wouldn't even, I'd pay someone else or ask someone else, hey, can you look through my DMs once every two weeks? delete all the crap. And if there's anything like valuable in there or something kind, I'll like respond to them and say, Hey, you know, good luck at your next competition. Love that you're a fan or whatever, if it's a business opportunity, but like, I wouldn't be going through there. It's just like, it's just like swimming through sludge, you know? Mm. So. Yeah. You choose the environment you put yourself into like, and that can be a digital environment or it can be your training environment or it can be your family and your relationships and all that kind of stuff. Like you choose that. And that's one of the things that is most likely to alter who you are it's like that classic thing if you're the sum of the five people you associate with most it's like that that kind of thing and like if you're choosing to associate most with random people on the internet who happen to comment on your posts or whatever like that's that's not the wisest investment of who you're spending your time with that's that you know it's funny i was actually thinking of that quote and i just didn't i mean i spoke there nonstop for like five minutes i wasn't able to squeeze it in um, but, I, but I was, I was thinking about that quote and there's a book, um, I forget which book it is, but the guy quotes that it might've been the art of learning. And he, he's like, you might not be able to, depending on your life situation, like you might not physically be able to interact with five, like influential and great people on a daily basis, but like you can, you know, you can read books, like you can, you know, read books by, uh, whatever, William Shakespeare, or, you know, someone, someone who's you know, I mean, you can listen to this podcast, right? Like, you know, you can do that kind of stuff on a daily basis and you're going to, that's going to be influencing you. You can choose like, I mean, hell yeah. Podcast is probably a great example. It's like whenever you're in, when you, if you're listening to music or you listen to a podcast, it's like you get to choose what music you listen to. You get to choose the podcast you listen to. You can listen to a podcast like this or, you know, the Tim Ferriss podcast or the, um, uh, what's the, what's the one in the UK that I like, um, high performance high the high performance yeah. podcast like you know love love listening to that it's always such a such a mood booster most of the time um and uh, or you can listen to just like some some fluff right like mm-hmm. some com- some comedians you know complaining which you know again is funny like you know I, I do that sometimes too but you can't do that you do that every single day it's like you know that you're hearing them more than you're hearing you know other people and like that's one of the five voices is those comedians like just talking about nonsense um, which, you know, it's like, you're, you're making that choice. You have that option. You have, you have more options now than like, you know, 
whatever, 30 years ago, it's like, well, if you work at a certain place, like those are going to be the five people that them and your wife, like those are going to be the people you, you hear the most, like that's, you're some of the five people and those are the five people because you work with them. But now it's like, you know, people, you have a lot more options to get good voices in and that'll help shape who you are. Right. Yeah. If you're listening to this podcast, you have a plethora of opportunities to surround yourself in people that you actually would never previously have had the opportunity to spend time with. Like it's the equivalent yeah. thing, just listening to people talk. One thing I want to touch on before we wrap up is um, the idea of like online qualifiers and how hmm. that um, is, is yep. a difficult thing to contend with. So yeah, I'd like to hear your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um... You know, this in this sport of CrossFit, the idea of a lot of the sport for a lot of the athletes um, in this sport, the online qualifier is like this necessary evil and emphasis on evil. And, you know, the word necessary is hopefully just temporary. Um, but if you look at the open or quarterfinals or, you know, locally here, there's an event called the Can West Games. You have to do a qualifier to get to that. You know, Wadapalooza is a qualifier. You know, there's all these online qualifiers and it's a pretty, it's a, it's a cool, it is a cool feature of our sport, but it also, they really suck. Um, you know, like I've been, I've been, uh, you know, there've been events that I've failed to qualify for, um, from an online qualifier and it leaves you feeling a lot more like helpless than when you go to an actual competition. And so in, in most other sports, like, you know, if you're training, for a triathlon it's like you're you're going to go to a triathlon right like i mean there's a triathlon in Kelowna. you just sign up for it you just pay the 120 bucks or whatever it is and you, they just say well don't try not to die and you have a chip timer and like that's it right like do do the course um and so you're training for it and then you know you get your time and you get your you know if you do well enough you get a medal and then you qualify for the next thing whereas crossfit like there's a lot of really good athletes that work really really hard and their year ends in either the open or the quarterfinals and if, you know, you're trying to make it to the next, you're trying to make it, let's say the semifinals, you're trying to make it to Guadalupe and you're just outside that cut line. There's this feeling of helplessness where you look at the person a few reps ahead of you that qualified and you're like, I feel like I'm better than them. Like, you know, and you're, and you, you search through Instagram or YouTube, trying to find videos, um, of them. And, you know, like I've been there and I'm like, Oh, I know I'm better than that guy. Like, you know, I beat him at these real competitions, like multiple times or, you know, he must have cheated or there was these other scores and some, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes that's true, right? I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, um, trying to insult the people that have not qualified and say, Oh, you have no reason to complain. Like just be more good. Um, and that, that's the unfortunate reality with the sport is there's so much chaos with the events being different and online qualifiers being frustrating on uh, the, the athletes changing. The reality is you need to be so good that no matter how many of those things are stacked against you, you still succeed. You still make it to the next step. It's the reality of the sports. There's like, there's a, there's a huge, you need to create a large fitness buffer for all the nonsense. Um, it's not really fair and it's not ideal, but it is what it is. And so I've been in that situation where I look at people that have beat me in an online qualifier and I'm like, man, like this is super frustrating. There's gotta be a reason for it. And sometimes there isn't a good reason. And the reason is they just did and you didn't. And it's tough, you know, it's really, really tough um, because it doesn't, it's not a satisfying way to end the season. At least if you go somewhere, you pack your bags, you get to compete on a floor, you get some cool photos and videos, you, you get a competition experience. And if you finish, even if you finish last or almost last, 
there's like a realness to it. There's a tangible, you can taste it. There's memories associated with it. It's an, ex, it's an experience, right? And at the end of the day, like even me, I'm fortunate now that it's, um, you know, it's a job for me and it, it's made me money, but for the longest time, and it still is, it's, it's about the experience of competing, right? Like going to semifinals has me excited, not because it gets me to the games. That's part of it. Not just because it makes me some money, but because semifinals is fun, right? Like mm. getting to compete at the Granite Games, you know, to put on my, I'll have a, probably a new Reebok shirt I get to wear. And, uh, you know, there's that nerves and you're on the starting line. Like it's so much more real than the online competition. The online competition is a means to an end. It's, it, it, it sucks when it's the end, right? Mm. It doesn't feel fair to the person that spent months, um, training and prepping and trying to do all the little things right. And then their season ends, you know, it, uh, online competitions are a means to an end. They, they're not the end and it sucks when they are the end and dealing with that as an athlete is, uh, is brutal, right? It doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel, you know, it feels like you're like halfway through a song and then the song just stops. And there's this feeling of like, well, what happens next? Like, well, song's done. Whereas at least with like, if your season ends at semis, um, it's like, well, you just don't get to experience the next song you know, like this was the first song and second song. And then, you know, there's, there's like another song and you just, you don't get, you haven't unlocked that song yet. Um, yeah. And so like, as far as dealing with that as an athlete, man, it, it's tough. It's again, it's, it's kind of like what I spoke about earlier, you know, it still has to be worth it. Um, and I think you, as an athlete, you should still, especially now that COVID's um, COVID restrictions are lightening up, you should, uh, you should seek out in-person competitions, even if they're not semifinals or the CrossFit games. Um, even if they're not like high level, they're just anything, right? Even just organize one yourself, right? Like, you know, like find some people at your level and say, Hey, let's get five people together. Let's do like three workouts on Saturday and set it up like a competition, you know, like a real like lanes and the whole, you know, rules and workouts and we'll each write a work or something because like that, that's real. And that's the sport. Um, and that, that'll like give you a lot more satisfaction in your, in your training and keep you wanting to, to have more. Um, yeah. Cause it's hard, man. Like it's, um, it's, it's obviously someone, someone has to not qualify. There's always going to be someone and it just, it's a, it's a very frustrating part of the sport. And I think it adds a level of frustration and helplessness. And, um, you know, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are definitely a good chunk of athletes that have, um, you know, took the, took the sport pretty seriously, trained pretty hard, didn't make it to the next step. Let's say it's semis and regionals maybe for a year or two, and then kind of, kind of quit you know, mm -hmm. and, and I don't blame them. Right. Cause it's like in another sport, at least there'd be a different, a lower division where they could still play volleyball. You know, they could still, right. They could still play the sport and play the game of volleyball or, or triathlon just cause they didn't make the, the Canadian championships. They could still compete in triathlons and still maybe climb their way up that there eventually after instead of two years, maybe it takes four or at least, you know, still be a participant and a competitive participant in the sport, even if it's at a slightly lower competitive level. Um, yes, yeah, so for those of you out there that are struggling with that, like, you know, um, know that, like, you know, remind yourself why you do it. And hopefully it's not just to make semis, right. It's not just to make regionals. Like that shouldn't be the, the, the sole reason for your existence, the sole reason for your training. Um, because one, like it is fun. Don't get me wrong. But it, if, if, if you're expecting it to be like this amazing thing it's probably not going to be as great as you think it's still hard it still sucks 
probably still going to get a crappy judge for an event. <laughs> you know, if you, if you're struggling to get in, the reality is, you know, you're probably not going to finish in the top 10. So you're not going to be in the top heat. Um, you might not get a lot of good photos, right? Like that's another thing. It's like, Hey, you know, if, if you go to Granite games and you're ranked 25th, um, you know, there's not going to be a lot of lenses. You're not going to maybe get a lot of awesome, you know, action shots of you competing on the regional semifinal floor for your Instagram. Like you might not get those, um, unless you plan in advance, have someone there taking photos for you. So, you know, it's like, kind of keep that in mind. Like, yes, it is, it's a worthy goal and it's, it's, it's a hell of a lot better than finishing your season, uh, online, but it's also, it's not the be all end all. Like it's gone in a flash, right. In a blink of an eye, those competitions are over and you're left with a couple distinct little memories. If you're lucky, a photo, if you're lucky, you're on the live stream for a bit. Um, so like <laughs> it's a catch 22, like it is worth it. And it is fun and you should strive for that. And I, I wish more people got to end their season at a real competition and not online. But if you're struggling to make it to that step, don't give up, but don't continue in the hopes that it's going to be this like, you know, amazing, amazing, amazing experience. You probably have more fun buying a ticket for Coachella, um, to be honest, or, <laughs> or Lollapalooza instead of Wadapalooza. Um, but uh, <laughs> But, you know, um, and, but, and then, you know, if you do, and then try to compete, like try to get out there, even if it maybe quote unquote takes away from your training um, to maximize your quarterfinal or open prep, like try to get to a competition or organize one yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Man. It's, it, it loops back into that, um, that, that piece we're talking about is the process worth it? is the process yeah. worth it at the end of the day? Like, or is that you, are you doing this for an outcome or are you doing this for enjoyment of what you're doing right now? And is that meaningful enough in itself to make you think, Hey, everything I did back then was worth it, regardless of whether I got to the games or got to semis or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need to, it needs, it needs to be worth it in and of its own self, um, the pursuit and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you should, it's still okay to, to have those like, extrinsic um those external goals like you know, i want to win a gold medal and i want to qualify for this it's like those are still fine and like you know i obviously but like those don't really i think when people when i talk about the process the process and you know some people are like well don't you want to win and i'm like well yeah but that doesn't separate me from anyone else mm -hmm. you know like when i go to the granite games you stuck a microphone in someone's mouth and you said would you rather get first or second mm -hmm. what do you think you know so clearly or would you rather get second or 20 seconds or would you mm -hmm. rather be here or be at home? Like that doesn't separate mm -hmm. anyone, right? Like at the games, it's not about who wants it more. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's like, we all, we all want to win the CrossFit games. Like we wouldn't, it's, it's not even like people say, well, you wouldn't be here if you didn't want to win. It's like, no, like, it's just, you could ask someone in the crowd, like, would you rather win the CrossFit games or come eighth? It's like, well, well do you, how bad do you want it though? It's like, what does that even mean? Like, mm -hmm. obviously like, you know, like what, what is that? Well, how bad it's like, like how much pain am I willing to endure during a workout? It's like, well, pain isn't always an indicator of getting the best score, right? Yeah. Like if I wanted to have the most painful one mile run, I would sprint the first 100 meters. Mm -hmm. And then like I, I, Pat and I've talked about this. He's like, interesting. Like he, we're talking about pain and there's this glorification of pain in CrossFit. And he goes, he's like, it's kind of funny. He's like, most of, He's like, most of the time I strategize a workout to experience as little pain as possible. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, he was, and he was being sarcastic, but it's kind of true. It's like, you know, the first 80% of the workout shouldn't be that painful. And the last 20% hurts. It's like, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like the desire to win isn't the separator. It's like who's better, who executes. And, you know, obviously the year of training makes you better, but it's not necessarily like training more or like training through more pain. It's just like you just got to train the right amount to get better. It's not mm-hmm. like, yeah. So anyway, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really remember where that came from. But, um, but yeah, you know, as far as external goals and internal goals, like the training has to be worth it on its own or else, you know, you're not going to stick with it long enough to, to get anything out of it anyway. Nice. Nice. I think that's a great place to wrap up. Um, yeah. Thank you again for joining me, dude. I really appreciate your time. Where can people, obviously they can follow you on Instagram, which is at Fikowski. Where else should they go to check out your, uh, your work and where can they check out the professor project, things like that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I have, two companies, uh, the professor project and train your weakness. So the professor project is, is programming. And then there's a bunch of videos on, on mindset and strategy and competition preparation and, uh, some technical videos on like how to cycle a barbell, how to cycle your toes to bar, that sort of thing. Um, and a community where I'm communicating and like giving advice to people and talk about workouts and stuff. Um, so the professor project.com and then train your weakness is, uh, they're just like shorter kind of like tack on or add on programs. So kind of for the person that's training at a CrossFit gym, doing the daily workout or training, you know, maybe at a global gym, but they want to get a skill. So it's like, maybe you've been doing CrossFit for a couple of years and you can't do bar muscle up yet, or your double unders still suck, or you can't handstand walk for shit. Um, go to trainyourweakness.com and, uh, you know, programs there, they're only like 20 bucks each and they're, uh, six weeks, three sessions a week. It sounds like an infomercial for just six weeks and three sessions <laughs> a week for 30 minutes. But that's kind of the idea, right? It's, it's like, if you want to, if, if you have like the, muscular like if you have the build and stuff to do a bar muscle up, but you can't do it you just need to practice it you just need some drills you need something to follow so the bar muscle obsession it's like you know 30 minutes three times a week for a couple of weeks and we've had like a lot of people get their first bar muscle up or their first ring muscle up or you know improve their double unders and they've been doing crossfit for years so yeah check those out trainyourweakness.com professorproject.com um and yeah just check me out on instagram i got a website with you know a little story about me and some photos and stuff and yeah Perfect. Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Thank you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Limitless Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. Whilst you're there, if you can, leave a nice comment, five-star review, that kind of thing. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram for not only more podcast updates and who's coming up on the show and to have your say in who we can interview, but also get some mindset coaching whilst you're at it too. A little heads up in a few weeks time yeah just over a month time we're going to be releasing spaces to the mindset training camp Um, we don't run these that often anymore but they are very good when we do and we love running them so check that out keep a keep an ear to the floor if that's the right phrase and i'll speak to you next week